Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The Incomparable. Number 647, January 2023. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. It's the first episode of 2023, and as we like to do, we take a little back at uh, the year gone by. Uh, play some clips, not too many this time, I swear. We're going to uh, talk to some of our most uh, commonly heard panelists from 2022 and ask them, what their favorite stuff of 2022 was. Give you some ideas for uh, TV shows to watch, uh, movies to watch, video games to play, books to read. I don't know. They could choose anything they want, and it doesn't have to be from 2022. It just needs to be something they liked in 2022. And that's how we kick off a new year. So um, this year, we had a bunch of guest hosts, which is really great. Uh, I have a great group of panelists slash guest hosts here. Let me introduce them, and then we will go around and get their favorites. Uh, let's start with uh, 16 panelist appearances and three guest hosts and 19 total appearances, because I can add Moises Chuyan. Hello. Hello, Jason. I caught up on all the stuff. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, yes, you did. It's good. It's good to catch up on stuff when you can, but you don't have to. It's not mandatory. David J. Lore appeared 17 times, including two guest hosting appearances. Hi, David. Catching up on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, <laughs> yeah! guest hosting twice and appearing 15 times for a total of 17, because I can add, it's Dan Morin. Oh, that... Author, Dan Morin. That just author. seems unlikely. How did I find Author. <laughs> father. Father. Podcaster. Father. Author. Father. Father. Father Dan. Father. Father Dan. You're all absolved. Papa? Except for the ones I don't like. You know who you are. Aww. You know who you are. Yeah, yeah. We do. It's me. He means me. Uh, with 16 appearances, uh, but no guest hosting. I guess she's too busy with all of her other mini podcasts. Eric Ensign. Hello. As soon as you said too busy, I knew it was going to be me. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, also too busy to guest host, but that's fine. Monty Ashley. Hello. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, there's so many people. It's easy to get lost in the crowd. Uh, with 10 appearances in 2022, Shelley Brisbane. Hello. Hello. Also, author, not guest host, first timer. I, I'm yeah. looking for superlatives where I can find them is what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Welcome to the year in review show, first timer. Welcome to the chaos. We, Kelly Gamont was on this one time and we scared her away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope you survive the experience. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least I rhyme with Kelly and she's gone. Now. Well, yeah. H have we ever um, seen the two of you together? David, you should know. With 10 appearances, including two guest hosts, it's Glenn 
Fleischman. Hi, Hello, Glenn. Jason. How many American average size green peas can fit into this podcast? Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about I that. I only buy the extra large green oh. peas. Thank you very right. much. <laughs> Chip Sutterth, guest hosted once and appeared eight times for a total of nine. It's Chip Sutterth. Hi, Chip. Hi, Jason. It's good to have you here. With two guest hosting appearances and five other appearances, it's Tony Sindelar. Hi, Tony. Hello, Jason. Hello, nerds. Hello, everybody. There's a lot of you. <laughs> There's a lot of people here. Uh, with seven appearances, including a guest host role, talking about a big boat movie <laughs> that wasn't Titanic. It's the other one. It's Gene McDonald. Hi, Gene. Hi, Jason. And yes, I loved wrapping up the year with my favorite disaster film and my favorite podcaster mm. people on that um, episode. That was super fun. With uh, seven appearances, including three, count them, three guest hosting appearances, it's Cicero Holmes. Hi, Cicero. Hello. La, la, la. <laughs> Welcome to the Year in Review show. I hope you survived the experience, too. Um, I'm ready. My belly button said hello. Steve Lutz appeared six times, but he's decided not to join us. This is not a bit. He he, he couldn't be here. Uh, and with uh, also with six appearances, Lisa Schmeiser, who could be here and is. Hello. Hi. I, I am, as usual, really happy to be here. I look forward to making the rest of you look really good. Oh, okay. That's uh, there's always one, you know. It's me this year. That maybe it'll be you. You don't know. You don't know. Anyway, um, we are going to go around and uh, basically it's uh, like I said, very positive sort of things we loved from the year gone by that we are going to recommend to you, uh, the our dear listeners. And to begin the festivities, it's Moises. Kick us off. Well, I decided to pick uh, one thing from three different categories, I guess, and to start off with, uh, I picked a TV show that I didn't expect would be on other people's lists, even though this is not a draft. I like to um, use this as an opportunity to recommend something to uh, people who maybe uh, may, may have missed something. And uh, for me, Apple TV Plus is really becoming the new HBO since uh, there's not much of an HBO left, um, or at least that's the way that things seem to be going. And one of my favorite shows that hit Apple TV Plus this year um, follows in the tradition of various of their shows with an absolute banger of an opening title sequence, and that is Pachinko, based on the novel. Um, it, it's it's this wonderful multi-generational, multi-threaded, um, multi-chronological uh, narrative uh, spread across different countries, um, multiple different languages being spoken. Um, and, and a lot of history that, uh, maybe is not, uh, is not as well known to a lot of Westerners, uh, that, uh, that happened, uh, out in the far East. Um, the, the book is fantastic. Uh, I recommend the book as well. Um, and it, uh, it sure seems like, uh, they're going to continue this one, um, or they wouldn't have, uh, invested, uh, as, as heavily as they did in what I'm sure was not, uh, the cheapest shoot. Um, but, uh, yeah, Apple TV plus, um, has, has those shows that everybody has heard and has talked about. Um, uh, but there, there are those, uh, sleepers and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to stuff that, you know, 
is not out yet, but is you know coming in the in the coming months. Like their um, their docu series on the on the Super League and Hello Tomorrow 20, with Billy potential twenty three selections oh. there. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. there's 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 some really interesting stuff uh, that they are doing. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow, boys. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jason, you could be living in a timeshare on the moon. That's all that I'm saying. Okay, so Pachinko. Pachinko. That's one. My second thing. Um, I have been making use of my 4K Blu-ray player and looking at stuff that's uh, you know been remastered, been uh, been uh, completely recolor timed uh, and and cleaned up. And I, I looked at the list of different things that I watched over the past year, and I could have gone with something that you know I watched uh, for homework for the show, like Flash Gordon, um, something that I I watched after we did a commentary for it, like Real Genius, which looks amazing. Um, some of the Criterion stuff, like the Red Shoes or Citizen Kane, but instead. Uh, I wanted to pick specifically Star Trek, the motion picture, the 4k remastered director's Mm -hmm. edition of the movie, which people have uh, opinions about this movie. And a lot of them tend to be negative. And there was very much a time where the fashionable, um, very easy thing to do would be to punch down on, on the motionless picture punch down. They've got more Uh, money than me. (laughs) I'm, I'm saying that's the way that people would frame it. When it came out, we we punched it so hard that it fell down. So now it's down. Okay. Uh, I, I I I think this this is a it's a better movie than than uh, than I think its reputation has been yes. uh, as 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 something of it a is. punching bag. It's, um, it's not a movie. It's a film. It's a motion picture. Picture. It's, uh, it's the beginning of the name. Motion picture. It's human adventure. Okay. It's great cinema. Fine. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a perfectly serviceable feature length episode of Star Trek. That with the proper color timing doesn't look like varying shades of beige uh, at long last. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. It's really great. Uh, It was on Paramount plus. I think it's off Paramount plus. I don't know, but it's out there now it's gettable. um, And, and it is definitely worth, uh, worth looking at. Um, I mentioned Apple TV plus and lots of shows and lots of things that people love. Football is life as we all know from Ted Lasso. Um, And uh, this is the year that um, that I got very intensely into soccer, um, specifically my uh, my new MLS club, Austin FC, um, which thanks to the MLS season pass um, uh, service from Apple, anybody anywhere on the planet can watch MLS soccer um, just going to one place and not having to juggle uh, which cable network this match is on or this other thing is on. Um, and I'm looking forward to people who maybe got interested in soccer thanks to the World Cup, um, finding some interest in in the MLS, which for a lot of uh, a lot of years now has has a reputation as a retirement league, which it is to some extent, uh, where you know uh, big name players take paydays to leave their European clubs uh, to play. <laughs> Moises, is your third pick soccer? Because <laughs> that's that is outside the box, and I love third pick is soccer. My third pick is soccer. The concept of soccer. It's outside the pitch. Well, by, by right. God, Jason, you, 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 you yeah. said you said things in pop culture, and and soccer, soccer is yeah. in pop culture. This is like a twenty two hundred fifty thousand dollar pyramid uh, category. Jason, can you define some things that don't fit within the broader scope of popular cultures? I don't know. I mean, soccer <laughs> certainly does. Oh, yeah. just wait. Yeah. Moises, were you gonna? Were you getting to a a a thing about soccer? Or because I do, I do. You could just pick all of soccer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, soccer. I, I I was I wasn't going to, but but now that the door has <laughs> no. been opened, I'd have to. I'd have to choose all of soccer. 
Mm. Um, I, yeah, yeah. For for me specifically, it was it was following Austin FC, um, going to matches in person, uh, watching them streamed uh, through what seemed uh, like the dodgiest interface known to man. That, <laughs> yeah, that I'm going to be really, soccer streaming. Yep. Really, really glad uh, is going to be a, a thing of the past. Did I get tricked into participating in a sports podcast? I didn't sign up for a sports cast. I'm out. I believe that all sports content must be within a corner or it is not acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Acknowledged. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. And I I, I had my first professional film credit uh, on a film go out this year with uh, Shouting Down Midnight, a documentary about Wendy Davis that is now on Peacock. All right, David. It's your turn for three things you loved from 2022 that you inhaled into your brain. <laughs> well, obviously, I inhaled way more than three, and yes, but I'm, but you are I'm limited going to, to be three. good. Yes, or yes. or you yes, or yes. you hey. get in the dark. Hey, I did I did I did like twelve last year. So me doing right. three and and a thing that I nope. did. Thank you for setting the tone, Moises. No, David is picking the entire universe as his first category. <laughs> <laughs> All the sports. It's not a draft. So for TV. Um, this is somewhat TV it, because it is connected to Late Night with Seth Meyers, uh, but it is a strictly on YouTube. Uh, every week, Seth sits down and he goes through uh, corrections that have been sent in by viewers. And it's just called Corrections with Seth Meyers. Yes. And it is, I think, I think he puts more work into that than he puts into Late Night because they build weird running jokes over multiple mm-hmm. weeks and months and they're it's it's very good yeah. and you don't need to watch seth meyers's no. nbc show to appreciate how good the youtube show is it's so good and it, it, it's it's kind of it hits that stupidly smart humor that they don't let you do on tv because the networks yeah, assume people are dumb and this is I'd great. say it's almost letter letterman-esque in a way yeah. or or a writer's room kind mm-hmm. of level of uh if you're a comedy nerd, uh it's really worth your time because it's uh yeah, it's 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 not designed for broad appeal, but it is ex- extremely funny. Yeah. It's just exceedingly if, funny. If you're Good on point. that Good wavelength, pick. um mm-hmm. it is hilarious. There I mean okay. there's a whole thing where they went for several weeks building off of uh, correspondence with the author E.B. White. And it wow. just kept growing <laughs> and getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. And it's a good cut. It, yeah. It's extremely strange. This is the same weird wavelength as Seth does on Documentary Now. It's oh, just it's that now. level of weird. So love corrections. That's, that's, that's one. one. What else? Uh, for, for movies, uh, again... There are a couple of obvious picks. I've talked about them online. You already know I love murder mysteries. I'm going to go with one that needs more attention and redeemed a book series adaptation that I love. Uh, It's Confess Fletch, uh, starring John Hamm as Fletch. Uh, I'm sorry. I saw the Chevy Chase movie when it came out opening weekend because I was a fan of the books and I loathe that movie. (laughs) <laughs> um, if you take Chevy Chase out of it, it actually does a pretty good job of the plot. Chevy Chase is horrible. He's not <laughs> Fletch. John Hamm gets it, right? It's it's a really good script, really well directed, has a tremendous score. I've listened, I've probably listened to that soundtrack more than most soundtracks this year. And uh, I mean, there's he just gets the attitude of the character right. There's one it, it, scene 
where he's literally he's infiltrating this yacht club party and he's just sort of slouching and he doesn't say anything he doesn't interact with anyone it is simply this weird little slouch that is totally fletch encapsulated in one movement it's it's amazing um and apparently john ham used to shoplift the fletch novels when he was young and broke <laughs> he has loved this series of books and it shows allegedly allegedly allegedly, allegedly. you need to mention no how great marcia gay harden is in that movie oh just the way God. she says oh, yeah. she plays the italian flesh, countess and the way flesh, she says flesh, flesh is oh, hysterical flesh. why like, you ignore me flesh yeah. <laughs> oh marcia gay harden getting to have fun oh yeah oh my god it's just, it's it's a film full of like little moments and characters like that. It's great. And my third thing, um, mm-hmm. since Moises got away with soccer. <laughs> oh, Jason, Jason, you didn't clamp down on it fast enough. Finally. Oh, it's okay. You can pick anything as long as you only pick three things. Organized oh, sport. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Um, one thing that, uh, thanks to my younger son, we've been paying more attention to scores and soundtracks and composers. In the last couple of years, he's going to draft music. People, you're all burned. <laughs> oh no! I I've enjoyed the music this year. I I'm specifically I'm going to pick all of the scores written by Daniel Pemberton. Oh, um, oh such as Enola Holmes Two, Slow mm. Horses. Uh, I'm already blanking mm. on some of the other Ocean's ones. Oceans Eight is a great Ocean's score by Dan Pemberton. Yeah, I'm already, bl- already Dan. Dan, Spi- Dan knows into the Spider Verse. Also, if, if, if you oh, if you keep blanking on them, okay. we won't be here until midnight. Yeah, <laughs> so that's great. It's good. It's just there. There's there's this wonderful he, he like there have been a lot of really good composers who've come out in the last couple of years. Um, David Arnold, who did Fletch. Uh, Siddhartha Kosla, who did Only Murders in the Building. Mm. And and if I had to pick a single piece of music that brought me more joy this year, it would simply be the yodeling version of the theme song from that at the end of season two. That was amazing. Mm. But overall, Daniel Pemberton has just got some really, really amazing soundtracks. The Man from Uncle film. Terrific soundtrack. That's the first time I really paid attention to him. Um, but the, the, uh, the score to Slow Horses. Beautiful work. Yeah. Beautiful work. So, All right. so Daniel Pemberton. Daniel, Daniel Pemberton. Not him. His music, yeah. right? His music. His scores. His, his scores. Music. Yeah, I'm but sure he's great. No, no, him personally. Joining us now. We enjoy him. <laughs> we, we, move on, we move on to Dan. For all I know, Dan is just going to pick three composers because that's sometimes how <laughs> he brain. rolls. Dan, what do you have? Oh, I, I didn't even think about that, but I love the idea. Um, oh. All right. Well, I tempted as I am to go mainstream, I guess I'll I'll pick up some stuff that I think people should see that maybe they missed. Let's start with a TV show that, um, gosh, I didn't even know about it. I don't know how I stumbled across it, but it is available via Amazon, but I think not on Amazon Prime. It's on like Sundance or AMC Plus or something. You know, one of those channels you have to buy through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Anyways. It is a TV adaptation of the Len Dayton novel, The Ipcress File, Um, and it's really good. Um, It's uh, a six-part British miniseries spy uh, movie set in the, I want to say the 60s, 50s? -hmm. 60s. Um, uh, The the adaptation, I'd for years heard about the original movie, which stars Michael Caine, 
Um, I went back and watched it after I uh, watched the miniseries, and uh, here's my hot take. It's not good. You should skip it and watch the TV series because the TV series is way better. Um, Seconded. It, it's got some fantastic performances in it, particularly um, the actress Lucy Boynton, who I'd seen earlier in the year in an adaptation of Agatha Christie's Why Didn't They Ask Evans, and she was fantastic in that. Mm-hmm. She's also really great in this. Um, they, I, it's a, a female character with some depth, which the original movie does not have any of uh tom hollander also uh not tom holland but tom hollander he's uh-huh. more than tom holland is he yeah, even more one step <laughs> right. he's not tom holland he's not tom hollandist yeah no or tom holland days uh stop it david wow <laughs> amc plus by the way dan is the home yes, of the amc account. plus five. i think sundance yeah. now also for some reason but whatever go with well, they're all plus owned plus by five. the same anyways yeah. the uh the adaptation is really solid um i just i enjoyed the heck of it it's a good period cold war uh, uh spy movie it does a lot to mm, develop the character of harry palmer played in this one by joe cole um and he's just it's it's charming and entertaining and you know in six episodes you can watch it in like two days and it's it's a very quick uh, entertaining watch and i just don't think it made many waves which is a shame because i love me some cold war spy fiction and it's pretty great um let me uh, throw out a... What do we do now? Um, I'm going to throw out a, a music album. David did spark something in me with the soundtrack comment, the scores comment. And um, I've listened to a lot of scores this year, but according to... I had to enjoy when I, Apple Music did its Apple Music replay for the year. And I pulled up what I had listened to. And the top uh, album, I think, that I had listened to um was <laughs> with 329 plays uh the <laughs> score to i don't know how that's possible uh yeah. with the score to uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings by joel p oh. west it's a really yeah. great score that's, that's another really composer great, on my list it's yeah. a really great um marvel score and i know marvel has its ups and downs with scores um there's some that i've really loved and there's some that are just incredibly boring <laughs> this manages to do a great job of weaving in uh, different elements, and of course, playing with the um, you know the the Chinese and Asian influences. Um, it's just really great. I don't know. I love listening to that score. It's a lot of fun. Um, I even as one of the movies that I liked, but actually haven't gone back to. Uh, I've listened to the score way more times than I've seen that movie. Um, so yeah, I, I think it kind of flew beneath the radar for a lot of people, but it's a really really solid uh, uh, soundtrack and. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you like some if you like some good background music while you're working or or doing the dishes or whatever, which is when I listen to music, uh it really it really hits the mark. So I, I recommend that one pretty highly. Dan works in the soup kitchen, three hundred and twenty nine plays. You're always washing dishes. It's almost <laughs> once a day. Yeah. What is wrong with me? I, um, I get into things where I'm writing and I I just listen over, you know, two or three times in a row. You're also um, taking a long time to wash those dishes. That's all. That's all yeah. Well, you know, you get caught up. You get caught they're up really clean. Just, they're, they're clean. They're very, very clean. Sometimes he uh, he messes up some dishes to rewash them just to get carried away. Yeah. 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 He's got a, just I'm a bucket of sewage next to the sink to dip them. I, I haven't done Shang-Chi today. I have to do it. Yeah, it's not. It's not a way to live, people. And then... um. Also, uh, a fun one of those fun year in review services. I see that I logged fifty three hours playing Marvel's Spider Man. <laughs> um, I got a PlayStation Five this year as a very nice uh, birthday mm. gift from my wife. 
uh, and it gave me the opportunity to catch up on all the PlayStation games. I've never owned a PlayStation before, so it gave me an opportunity to catch up on all the PlayStation games that I've missed. Uh, and the Marvel Spider-Man was the first game I played, and it was one of the ones I was looking forward to the most, and it delivered. Um, I know uh, uh, Tony and I, and probably some others, have played the uh, Arkham games on uh, various consoles, that, and I feel I'm like those games today. did a... <laughs> really yeah I, uh, they, those games do a really good job of capturing like like what if you were batman like what does it feel like to be batman and run around and like you know fight thugs and solve crimes and stuff and i actually think it's those games are a lot of fun the marvel spider-man game is equally good for like what if mm. you were spider-man like the just if nothing else web slinging through new york in that game it's just amazing. It's mm-hmm. just, it puts a smile on my face. You jump, you like hit a building. You're like, I could just run up this building. You're like, this is bananas. Like why? <laughs> I can't imagine being able to do this, but it, it feels exactly like, hey, I'm Spider-Man and I get to like run and do flips and, and uh, you know, stop people from robbing stores and all sorts of good stuff. So I, I think that game is amazing. Uh, it has a spinoff in which you play Miles ah, Morales, so you which did is there, great. Dad. Uh, and uh, uh, there is, I believe, a sequel coming th- later this year, which I am super excited yes. for. Um, but yeah, uh, so fifty-three hours, thirty-four percent of the like all games wow. I played. So uh, <laughs> that I, I will note that was in the first half of this year. Um, in fact, I think almost all of those things I consume mostly, except for the, the exception of Shang Chi, uh, in the first half of this year. Because uh, midway through the year, we had our first kid, and that really just wow, and that didn't make your top chance. three things. That's four. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not right. a media well, it's property. Not, it's not super popular. Fourth or well, fifth, um, not popular yeah. among the culture. The rotten, rotten Tomatoes Dan, gave it we like forty eight percent. We would have let your baby in. <laughs> Dan was holding out for all babies. That was his the kid right. has yet to compose a single movie score, so I really <laughs> didn't think that they were eligible. Oh, and not baby soccer. See, this is why you have to put them on their back to sleep is then they start composing by the time they're just four months old and that's a good call good call <laughs> there's a lot, yeah. lots of things that dan didn't pick that are obviously Not babies just crowd pleasers right, right. right. and the, sure. his, his kid is obviously yeah, I mean, that's why he's in that yeah. pick, anyway better luck right, next so. year child <laughs> spider-man was my favorite game of last generation um uh, maybe one of my favorite games of all time it's a good nice. game uh, what's the thing yeah. you listen to 5,000 times since you had the baby, though? That's the question I have. It's not. Uh, the animals play. The animals play. The animals play all day. Somewhere out there, wow. someone will get exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Dan, I have a Spider-Man question. Yes, aside Spider-Man from, answer, Monty. Aside from when they first introduced the fast travel via the subway system, <laughs> did you ever use the fast travel versus the subway system? I don't think so. I remember seeing it, That's and it's great. like, well, why? You're Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah. He doesn't take public transit a lot, yeah, unless he runs out of web fluid or something. You're not a commuter. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pointless. All right, let's move <laughs> on to Erica and things that Erica it liked that sh- and probably caught up on in 2022. <laughs> you know me. I am 
always eternally catching up on stuff, um, which actually, yeah, uh, two of my picks were totally catching up on stuff. But the first one, <laughs> a lot of people trying not to go obvious. Guess what? I am obvious and I don't care. Take it. Yep. Uh, I am going to tell you about the power of the doctor. Uh, I, I did not um, do a whole bunch of guest spots on uh on hosting the incomparable, I didn't even didn't even talk about this on the flashcast. I was very busy this year, but I did watch the Power of the Doctor, which was the final episode mm. of Jodie Whittaker, the Thirteenth Doctor, as the Doctor, and uh, I was a little worried because the uh, there was also another Doctor Who episode this year, and we will not talk of that. So mm. technically, uh, there were yeah. two, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's right, because one was a New Year's yeah. Eve. Good point. Good point. Um, She's talking about the really bad one, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so The Power of the Doctor was uh, just everything I could have possibly hoped for to wrap up a doctor whose time on the show I have I have really loved and whose, whose performance I have really loved. And also, in addition to, I think, doing a very nice job of uh, of capping off her, her era as, as the doctor in Doctor Who, uh, also brought back some classic companions and absolutely pandered oh. to me as a crusty old fangirl <laughs> and not only brought back those old companions, but managed to to bring back the act their their doctors the actors who played their doctors back in the 1980s and have them look the way that they do now and make it okay to work it into the plot in a way that didn't make me annoyed because it actually made sense and uh that was I thought that was a very neat trick and the kind of thing that I wasn't entirely sure that the uh, the now outgoing showrunner Chris Chibnall was going to be able to pull off, but he absolutely did it, and I was very very thrilled. So, um, I was uh, driven to ugly tears by my 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 joy and my my happiness, and and also a crap ton of nostalgia. <laughs> so <laughs> so really really good. In the words of the incoming showrunner Erica, you are not alone. <laughs> yep. So that is that is my first pick is the power of the doctor. Uh, and that is the most specific pick uh, that I will make. I am not going to pick all of hockey because I'm actually mad at hockey this year. Uh, okay. so. Damn you, hockey. <laughs> Just Damn a very you. specific <laughs> hockey game. It really knows what it did. <laughs> Honestly, it does. Um, yeah. So instead, I'm going to go broader. I'm I'm going to pick a TV show. And in a way, I'm kind of going to pick two, B, two TV shows. And this is something that I probably would have had I had the time. I actually guest hosted an episode of The Incomparable about. Uh, because this year, I discovered the show Ghosts. That's right, Ghosts. There is a ah. UK version and a US version that aired on uh, on CBS. And CBS. Yep, it is a delightful, delightful show. Uh, the the premise of, of both versions is that uh, that there's a couple, and uh, one of the the members of the couple, I think it's a woman in both cases, inherits this big old mansion and decides, oh, we should totally open up a bed and breakfast. We should move to the country. We should open up a bed and breakfast. And the husband is like, I'm not sure that that's such a great idea. But then there's an accident, and it's in quotation marks in the British version and an actual accident in the uh, U.S. version. And uh, she she falls and she dies for a couple of minutes and then is in a coma for a couple of weeks. And when she wakes up, she can see ghosts. And guess what? The old mansion, it's haunted. And it's haunted by hilarious ghosts uh, that are played by wonderful actors in both versions. Um, there are some very similar uh, archetypes in both versions, but 
they kind of go in different directions. And I think for me this year, comfort television was really, really big. And finding a TV show that was like, your, you know, your, your 25 minute, half hour mark TV show that didn't have super high stakes and made me feel good and occasionally made me cry because it was sweet and there was a nice Christmas episode or something like that was perfect. And both versions of Ghosts, I just cannot recommend enough because they do a great job of sort of interrogating the premise of what would happen if one person in a couple uh, is able to see ghosts and the other one can't. How do you convince that person? How do you make that work? And then when you do, uh, how how do you live that way? How do you try to have guests in your your bed and breakfast? How, how do you interact with the neighbors? That sort of thing. Erica, why, why does it sound like you're, you're working out how to do this yourself? yourself in your own home are we getting canadian ghosts she just has to get hit on the head with a with a magic coconut and then she'll see ghosts i think she's trying to figure out how to tell steven something that's already happened (laughs) i mean clearly your sitcom is just called legos (laughs) oh god no that sounds painful Anyway, I just I cannot recommend both of these enough. I will not tell you where to find them because it's different for me than it is for the rest of y'all. Um, but uh, but it's it's good. It's on HBO Max in America oh. and for now. CBS, CBS in America. Gotcha. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Uh, and um, there was recently a Christmas episode of the British version. Christmas episodes are a thing. So, uh, but, but watch through because everything, they really build on the characters of the, the living and the dead. It's fascinating. Erica, I don't think of you the kind of person who would like a show that had the word ghost or ghosts in it. So this show is not a, it doesn't have horror elements or mostly not horror elements. No, it is. It, it's no, a, it is absolutely... It is absolutely a, a sitcom. And honestly, I'm not the kind of person who generally likes sitcoms either. Mm. So uh, it's, I don't know, it's not, it's, I don't know. The The U.S. version is definitely more probably what you would think of as sitcom-y. The British version is definitely a bit more of that biting British humor. I can get Stephen to watch the, the U.K. version. It's I can't really Brit get him to watch the, the U.S. Uh, version has uh, Rose McIver from iZombie. Who's great. It mm-hmm. does. Oh. And weirdly, it took me a very long time to actually she come to terms with her as this character. Different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's two, Erica. What's your third? My third is yet another short sitcom this has just been a weird year for me i guess uh another another thing where you get your 20 25 minute episodes that the stakes are not super duper high uh but it is incredibly well done and incredibly heartwarming and incredibly canadian not just canadian incredibly albertan because it is a show that is filmed and set in calgary so all of the establishing shots are just like well i I could get there like you know in three hours but uh, but it makes me very happy to watch a show that is made so close and it is called jan that's jan with two n's jan arden the sitcom with her Mm -hmm. yes indeed jan arden is a freaking national treasure Heck, she's an international treasure. This woman, you may you may know her from her uh, her her pop single "Insensitive," which went big even in the states, which is where I grew up. So I knew who That's she why was. That name's familiar. Yeah. But yeah, she um she had a, a many other hits here as well, and also yeah she she acts and produces this show where she plays a version of herself, um where she is kind of a washed up you know old 
music rock star and trying to get her career sort of back on track. And, uh, you know, she has like this huge mansion and uh, outside of Calgary. And her family also lives in town. Her sister is played by Zoe Palmer, who is in like basically every Canadian sci-fi show. Um, And uh, so you'd probably recognize her, but you might not know her by her name. And uh, she plays the the sister, and then uh, her their mother is played by Deborah Grover, who I recognized, but um, I wasn't sure where from. And they have a wonderfully combative yet super warm and loving uh, sibling relationship. And their mom, through the course of the show, develops dementia, and they have to like it's a sitcom, and it's funny as crap. But they also are learning to. Come to terms with the fact that their mother is sort of starting to slip away from them, and I don't know if there's going to be another season. There are three seasons so far, and uh, it is just it is incredibly funny, and it is uh, it's really fun to see Jan not taking herself seriously and being just this incredibly shallow, obnoxiously vegan. Like just she is she's very funny, and because she's <laughs> really Jan Arden, she gets guest stars that are just hilarious. Have you ever wanted to see Jan Arden have a fist fight with Sarah McLaughlin in a front yard? Yes. yes. The show yes, for I you. Sure. Every day. Yes. I wanted that, but... Uh-huh. How did you know? It was on my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that much of Michael Buble, but after watching oh. him, like, falling in love with and stalking Jan in this show, I am totally on the Michael Buble train. Like, it is... They do such a Words great job. I never thought I'd hear from you, Erica. <laughs> the, uh... The yep. endorsement I heard for it, there was somebody I knew who's a expat from Toronto, and she was like, I can't watch this show because I've been in America too long. It's that Canadian. It is. Oh it is God. unabashedly. Oh it's it's not just unabashedly Canadian. It's unabashedly Western Canadian. Like it is. This is not a Toronto show. So, wow. you know, buckle up. And, yeah. and so if you want like a little sort of a, a view into what kind of it is like to to live where I live. Um, this is this is a, a great way to to take a peek at that. And again, I don't know where to find it in the States because I just watch it on TV. So <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Can, in Canada available on television. Yep. Oh. Quaint. But you're not picking television, you're picking Jane. <laughs> I am picking <laughs> yes, Canadian television. Erica, your selections are delightful as is almost everything you do. I don't want to talk oh, about the Oh thanks. Thanks, Glenn. Oh, Happy to Erica. <laughs> Oh, my list. Wait a minute. I could do that. I forgot. I'm picking all oh, Erica. All of Erica. Yeah, sure. Steven won't mind. <laughs> it's not a draft. Only commercially. It's true. Um, okay. Reference Great. Clause. Thank you, Erica. Um, Monty, it's time for your three things you loved. Right. Well, uh, one of the things I was going to do was pick a television show. But the problem is that there was no television show that really stood out like over the entire year because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in the U.S., we've pretty much started doing the British uh, style of yeah. television. There'll be like, <laughs> here's an eight-episode season, and in four years, there might be a nine-episode season of that same show. We don't know. Or you get two six-episode seasons in one year. Yeah. it's So I went through all of the apps on my television like going through and oh yeah I like that show I like that show I like that show that show should come back and I'm just going to pick one randomly to represent the experience of <laughs> September and October that was Reservation Dogs month uh-huh. <laughs> Reservation yes, Dogs is dogs. so yeah. good you guys yes, oh my god Agreed. so it's set in Oklahoma and it's about these indigenous kids and 
they're bad. You know, they're bad kids. They steal, at least at the beginning of the series. And there's just so much heart in this show. And by the end of the second season... This sounds like I need to add this to my to-watch list. Yes. Oh, it's yes. so yeah, good. There's only 18 episodes. They're all brilliant. And all, Ooh, all, uh, all shot in Oklahoma. This this little guy, uh, Taika Watiti, was involved in it. I think he might be going uh-huh. places. So Yeah. You know. He's, um, he's oh, had yeah. a good year on TV. Yeah. It's, it's actually not all shot in Oklahoma because they do get to California. But um, the second season, which was this year, really expanded the... Uh, storytelling canvas they had episodes more about other characters than the central kids and i just i love it i love this show so much my next thing was going to be a movie and i looked at my list of movies i saw this year and i was like wow i like those movies a lot and i couldn't pick one so i said i'm just going to pick the movie i was most surprised that i liked cuz you know i like the fablemans who wouldn't like the fablemans it's uh, it's spielberg about his childhood it's great bodies 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 though i didn't think i was going to care at all about bodies 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 which is a cheap sleazy movie about these horrible uh gen z stereotypes that get into a house and there's a murderer. Oh no, it's one of these whodunits, or is it? Um, the main breakout star in it is, uh, I'm pronouncing her name correct, correctly, Maria Bakalova, who was Borat's daughter in the Borat sequel. Oh, uh, right, if you yeah. saw it, you were impressed by her. It, mm-hmm. And if you see Bodies, 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 you'll be impressed by her. She's really good at just playing the worst person. <laughs> <laughs> One advantage of pl- having characters play the worst people is that you don't mind when they die. That's why Pete Davidson is in this movie. <laughs> he is perfectly cast. In fact, the more you dislike Pete Davidson, I think the more you'll enjoy his performance. Also, Lee Pace is in it. Why Lee Pace? Oh, yeah. Why not? He's really wow, good in why it. Why not? Wow, this yep. feels like a casting Mad Libs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird movie. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, the the Mad Lib actually says pick pick a a word and put it the, here three times. Yeah. It's it's, it's yet another instance of A24 just absolutely killing it every time. Yeah. And finally, I mentioned the apps on my television. I did get a new television this year. It's big, it's glorious. And I was looking for apps to put on it and I found one called Night Flight. Ah, uh, yes. Night Flight, as you will know if you are as old as me, was an old, I guess, program that would air late at night. It would have oh, music videos. Oh, yeah. Night. Yeah. Night oh, my uh-huh. God. Whoa. Every Gen Xer on the podcast saw, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy it's got crap. so much content. It's got Holy yeah. crap. practically all the old aired programs. So you can just turn it on and be like, oh, it's an interview with Peter Murphy. And following up that, a special about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. It's, wow, got, it's not all soccer, but this is close. It's got crazy, <laughs> crazy movies. It's got rock and roll documentaries. It, 
the 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 wonderful people behind wow. this are the same home video distributors that d- put out Arrow Video, Vinegar Syndrome, Grindhouse Releasing, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, so I, I I not only love the product, but I love the people that are behind it uh, because they really they get it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to put an entire app. Night Flight, that's at nightflightplus.com. If you're my age, you will love it. You will love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well Thank you, Monty. Eat, eat your heart out, HBO Max. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Shelly, time for your three. Oh, hello. Well, th- this was big year for you there. music for me, and uh, at the re- you know, I'm I'm not going to disobey the rules, but I'm so tempted. I Thank and you. I have had trouble. I've gone back and forth about which of these to pick. I'm going to pick one album, uh, Kevin Morby's album. This is a photograph. He's a very literate songwriter. He's been around for a long time. If you haven't heard his stuff, this album was his pandemic album that he was apparently holed up in a hotel in Memphis for a long time during lockdown, separated from his band. And like they were on tour and it's like, oh, you got to stay here. And so he wrote this album, which and and I originally thought, well, it's going to be this claustrophobic sort of woe is me kind of thing. It's not really. It's very inventive. There are a lot of styles in it. There's mopey singer songwriter. There's rock and roll. There's uh, introspective. St- I mean, it's just really you have to listen multiple times to sort of get the depth of the writing of it. And that's what I find fascinating. I enjoy, I enjoy him as a writer anyway, but this album sort of coheres together. It's not a concept album at all. All the songs stand on their own, but it's just really a cool sort of deep album that is just, just, just great. And simple, sim- fairly simple musically. Uh, although, you know, it's not just him and a guitar or anything. There, there's a lot of things going on, but it's really delightful. I enjoy it. And again, that was one of many, many, many awesome albums that I heard this year. Um, my second pick is, um, I am a collector of physical media. I'm one of those weirdos because a lot of the stuff that I like, especially the back catalog, old things are just not available on streaming or they come and go as we've just discussed. And there is a company called, uh, there's a series called Indicator Film Noir from Powerhouse Films out of the UK that produces these sets of film noir uh, discs. And you get like six movies for 50 bucks or so. And you're like, okay, great. So it's a value play. No, it's not. Because each of these movies has a commentary. They vary in quality, but they're done by film historians and journalists and, you know, people who are really good at commentary, some are better than others. But it also comes with this great illustrated book with essays about the six films that you get. Uh, and there's six sets. There's several that are Columbia film. No, I'm picking the whole series. Uh, they're limited editions. Do and it. They only produce like <laughs> 6,000 uh, 6, copies of each one. There's a Bogart one that just came out that has Dead Reckoning and Sirocco. Uh, oh, wow. The one that I first got and got excited about has convicted and the sniper and uh the dark past and all these sort of obscure film noir movies but if you're into this stuff at all and you you want to sort of dive into what these movies were in context of when they were made and you enjoy the beautiful booklet with the photos and all this stuff uh it's really it's a well it's well worth it uh so the indicator series from powerhouse films 
of the UK and and they're uh, they're they're UK region movies. Uh, so if you're uh, you know be be aware if you're in the United States. And um, my last one again, so hard to pick. Um, last one was a podcast, and uh, this is I will I will say that it is <laughs> oh what. I know what. Right. What is that? It had better I wish be I one knew of ours. How to get those. Uh, this is, and it's when I tell you what it is, you're gonna you're gonna think, oh, I'm. It's a political podcast. It's it's a history podcast more than a political podcast. It's uh, from the MSNBC host Rachel Maddow, and it's called Ultra, and it is a historical podcast about some crazy crazy stuff that happened in the U.S. during World War II, and it's this whole there there's all of these people in Congress and in the Senate and who were very highly placed that were in fact fascist or colluding with fascists in, you know, it wasn't just like a little bit. It was a whole lot. It wasn't just the America First Committee going, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we stayed out of World War II and Hitler isn't so bad? These guys were actively involved in conspiracy to do very bad things. And I'm a history buff and reader, especially not of that era particularly, but but of 20th century history in general, I had never heard of any of this. And it's amazing. And I, I will say that it is the podcast has some of the tropes of series, because I think it's like eight episodes. It has some of the, the tropes of podcast series where they're trying to get you to a cliffhanger and they take you to the next episode. But there's a lot of great archival tape. They have this. This all came to light because there's a there are a couple of historians who actually dug through the Library of Congress archives and found this stuff. And then they did a really good job of turning it into a podcast that is both compelling and feature rich. And whatever your uh, political preferences as far as, uh, you know, Rachel Maddow and her other work, she's a very literate uh, writer. And very clear speak, clear writer. And I think it's just if you're interested in history at all, it's actually worth taking the time. It's not a polemic by any means. I mean, you know, maybe if you think World War II fascists were good guys, you wouldn't like it. But I think almost everybody else is going to dig. <laughs> all right. Fascists Controversial. Need not apply. bad. <laughs> Thank you, Shelley. Glenn, it's down to you now. Well, hello. Pick me, pick me. I am picking all of Canada, but only the nice people. That's pick number one. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Erica, we'll have to defer that to another podcast. Fair, fair. Uh, really liked Canada in 2022. <laughs> it's huh? pretty great. I think it's pretty great. You know, this and that. Um, I uh, I know this is not a draft that I thought I I thought I might have choices other people uh, had already taken, and it's interesting uh, not. So I'm going to pick three slightly interesting things that are not from 2027 jason and are not german expressionist film uh the first is the legend of vox machina which is on amazon mm. prime nice. uh and i have never watched the uh it's crit- i'm gonna even get this wrong critical role right the uh That's correct. It's critical role yes oh uh, oh what nice. i got it right okay this you is unprecedented. Right. wow i did not make a note um i haven't watched any of the uh of the video casts uh the video sorry the youtube videos and other things that they've been working on for years i hear they're lovely my 15 uh, year old has uh watched quite a lot of it. He's been paid for additional content. So it's really great. And so this is a little bit on the edgier side. So I watched it with them figuring as an adult, I would explain things to them instead of, of course, them explaining everything to me because I had no idea what was going on at times. And uh, I thought it was really hilarious. I thought it was, the animation was pretty good. Uh, the storylines were really interesting. Uh, even though it was kind of a, a D&D driven story. Uh, and there are things where there's one point where they can't open a door and my kid, Alex, 
Alex is saying, oh yeah, that is totally a, they keep rolling and getting like three or something and they cannot get through the door. And I'm like, oh, I, okay, that's cute. But it it's took them okay. an hour and a half to open that door <laughs> during the game. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it plays like as a, you know, 30 second joke. It's actually funny to me, a non-listener, a viewer of the, of the, uh, the source material. Um, so I thought it was kind of great, like shockingly good for something that I thought might be really unapproachable. Um, it's kind of raunchy in what I think is a clever way instead of a like, you know, titillating or unpleasant way. I think there's a lot of really good emotion in it too. I think it's got some very well-written characters and um, a good arc. And I'm really looking forward to the second season, which I think is going to January happen. 20. Oh, thank you. You've made me so happy. I was not tracking it. Well, now I'm even happier. Um, so I, I actually kind of highly recommend that as a good piece of well-done animation that's approachable if you like kind of swords and sorcery stuff, but you don't have to know the source material. Say, Monty, does there happen to be a podcast where you and someone else covers it what? roughly two episodes at a time? <gasps> what? Yes, uh, I believe uh, Monty and Raya's versus Movies did cover uh, The Legend of Vox Machina when it came out. You should mm-hmm. listen to that, as of course I have every episode. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's in chunks. It's in chunks. So it's not one for one. But I, I did follow. I came to it later, and I followed it along with the, uh, the Monty and Rias guy. I will now it. go back and listen. We do have a fire. We do have a fire hose. But I will go back and and listen to it. So it's very enjoyable, and I'm I'm glad. It sounds like other folks. Uh, had enjoyment from it too. Um, the second thing is something I co-hosted in 2022 about, which is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I beg your pardon. Ah uh, yes. What? 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 Oh, Chip, uh, sorry, not Stephen and Dale Rescue Rangers. Is that it? Um, not Tony. Not Tony. It's Canadian Rescue Rangers. Uh, Nobody no. rescue. They must come <laughs> This is all in jokes. Uh, again, a very a uh, surprisingly good piece of anime, like you know, live action animation mixed stuff that was a callback to a show I watched incessantly when I was probably in my twenties. Um, it reminded me very positively of of who framed roger rabbit which made me go back and watch it and then we did an incomparable mothership episode about it uh and um i don't think you know chippendale rescue rangers has a lot of dna that it owes to roger rabbit but it's not a you know slavish duplicate it's kind of its own beast and it's a little bit meant you know it's not meant for a younger audience necessarily but i think it's meant it's not quite as like rich and layered but i think it's really good and it's kind of weird and it has some stuff that is like some really you know hilariously bad jokes in it but then also some really great ip related like you know intellectual property related jokes it kind of pokes fun at the hand that feeds it with lots of disney stuff uh in there so um very enjoyable and uh and and i'd heard people really liked it before i saw it and then i thought oh man this is this is pretty much exactly what i was hoping for and then finally in a incredibly radical change of tone that will shock no one uh grief of stones Mm. the second installment in the uh, that wonderful series that we all started reading i guess i didn't i wasn't in the goblin emperor uh episode years ago but that's what got me to read goblin emperor uh catherine addison's series the cemeteries of amalo uh book two Mm. and um i think uh it's a fascinating book because it seemed like first she wasn't really going to revisit the world of the goblin and uh, goblin goblin emperor then she decided to then it seemed like what was going to be one book became you know two or three and i really love the characters i love the world i love the richness the layering the sort of relationship it's um a deeply 
it's like a meditative book and then suddenly there's incredible amounts of action both in the first and second novels and you're forced to confront um, difficult things about alliances but it's not a uh, it's not like you have to know five uh, fifty thousand names um, to make sense of it so I think it's a like richly crafted uh, series two entries in I'm dying to read the third I read the second I feel like too fast so I was done with it I was like oh so I have to go go back and reread it but it's still um it's that kind of great sensation that when you finish the book you're sad that you finished it because you can't read it fresh again so those yeah, are my man. three love it Love those books a lot. Very good. All right, Chip, it's your turn. What do you have for us? Well, I do want to say that I want to thank Erica for uh, breaking the seal on the Doctor Who appreciation. I was afraid I was going to be the only one. Um, but uh, my three, it was a combination of catching up on stuff and just uh, wholeheartedly opening my face and drinking from the fountain that is the marvel cinematic universe on television this year and i'm picking, picking all of it i'm picking all of it this year <laughs> i swear to god the, it's even my, bigger than soccer that off my list <laughs> my one that thing, one show <laughs> my my one thing this year is marvel tv in the year 2022 uh, uh moon knight ms marvel she hulk attorney at law Guardians of the Galaxy uh, TV special and uh, holiday special, and although I missed it, I'm I, I, everything y'all have been saying about Werewolf by Night has has also you know I will catch oh, up on it. Oh, I. I can't yep. pick among them. Um, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, for very different reasons, uh, scratch the itch extremely well. Um, they were they were really hitting on all cylinders. Uh, insert all the other cliches you possibly could. Twenty twenty one, they were figuring things out. Twenty twenty two, they figured it out. So uh, I I I pick I pick the marvel the marvel output on disney plus this year top to bottom excellent yeah. ms marvel was delightful yeah i think we made moon knight happen just by willing <laughs> yeah, I, I know i think good job dan. dan thank us you're thank welcome us. you're welcome i think it's just point what was great about that was like the year first year was like we're gonna continue all this stuff from the movies and then this year was like yeah we're just gonna do totally different stuff sorry let's and i think that's great it's awesome that they could do that and pull out characters that's like you yeah, haven't seen these characters go wild and and one of the things mm -hmm. i loved about ms marvel was that it took actual history and recreated it as as closely as possible because the woman who directed those episodes actually directed a documentary about the actual history and did her best to make this look real. And even even Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which one could argue was derivative as hell, was also fun as hell. I get no end of ribbing for all of soccer, but Chip is likable, so <laughs> all of the MCU stuff on Disney Plus is just fine. I mean, may we may we all aspire to be as likable as Chip? Everybody, you know, here's to 2023. Don't to the stuff that came out in 2022, not you know hundreds of years of sports. <laughs> I'm unclear. Wasn't is soccer, soccer which is not, not a recent we, invention? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, look, I, I did, yeah, I, I didn't choose all of it. Moises, I think it's better the broader it is. That's be it's better. Just all of soccer. Boom. Mic drop. Yep. Done. Well, I mean, it's, it's the best uh, way to you go. know, on the draft that Cicero hosted, I, I picked all of Star Trek. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's keeping with the theme. And by the way, Chip showed some restraint here. He didn't pick the Marvel 
uh, cinematic universe on TV from last from 2021. He limited Just it this to year. 2022. Well, I, and, and yeah, such that's great classic. Look, look, I was given <laughs> orders. I was, I was told specifically best of talking 2022. about the soccer that I watched in 2022. I like. Yeah, I, you were, but you get. Yeah, but just uh, we boil it down to soccer. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Chip, we got that one yeah. for you. Look, some, next of, one? some of us giving you a hard time may not be based in logic and reason. That's, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, now that I have followed the rules and picked stuff that was exclusively from 2022, now I dive firmly into the catching up on stuff a portion of the yep, great. of this. Mm-hmm. Totally allowed. If it's if it's new to you, it, that is all that matters. Listeners. In the year of our Lord 2022, I oh, I followed the lead of my colleagues on the Incomparable Network, and I acquired a Meta Quest Two. <laughs> and I am I am one of you. I am one of us. I am part of the. Um, <laughs> that is the cult device. Mm-hmm. Um, quite quite enjoying it who would have thought that of the major um of the major social media companies uh right about now that facebook might have like the best product and might might be the least objectionable i don't know but uh i am quite enjoying uh the quest 2 i it has made a difference for me in terms of exercise, which uh, has surprised Holler. me. The Beat Saber stuff, the Supernatural stuff, um, all of that. And um, the gaming is quite good. Uh, I have just picked up a game that's been around for VR platforms called End Space, which is a simple but delightful and, of course, immersive um, arcade game. Um, so um, based upon the recommendations of uh, excellent incomparable hosts uh i am part of the metal quest 2 uh crew and um you know no i am going to go back to 2022 and i am going to pick something current and that is sandman um for all of the for all of the nostalgia reasons and also just the quality of the episode plus the dopamine hit of seeing these stories that i read decades ago um, Sandman is done really well and really the only painful or negative part of the thing was uh, waiting for weeks and weeks afterward to uh, get a second season confirmed um, <laughs> perfectly cast perfectly um, nearly perfectly executed um, faithful to the original and yet improving on it in some uh, significant and telling ways um, uh, Sandman from Netflix 2022 Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chip. Tony, it's your turn. Okay. Uh, well, I thought I would pick categories of media for my three things. Uh, so I started with trying to think of a TV show, and then a movie pick, and then a video game pick. That's my my little structure that I'm doing. Love it. Uh, if, if this was a draft, uh, well, then Monty would have sniped my first pick at Reservation Dogs. Chip would have taken my second pick at Sandman, leaving me with my third pick, uh, Andor, uh, which is Star Wars TV, except it's really good now. <laughs> Uh, I think many people watched Andor and were probably very surprised uh, by the themes that Andor chose to tackle and and the the general execution and quality compared to some of the other Star Wars media. Uh, Dan and Kat and I did a a regular uh, Andor recap, so you can listen episode by episode as we, uh, you know, react to to Andor and and in general talk about how excited we were. Uh, And I would say that, you know, if you are in any way interested in Star Wars and have not checked out the... uh, 
kind of Star Wars auxiliary materials that are now available to you, uh, Andor would probably be the place to, to start, uh, is my favorite Star Wars TV that is available by a considerable notch even, though. I don't know if that's controversial or not, but uh, yeah, Andor. Uh, don't be turned off by the fact that it's kind of a prequel to a prequel in that it follows a character from Rogue One <laughs> that you may have forgotten about unless you were a pretty hardcore Star Wars nerd. Uh, it turns out that's not really needed to to be focused on. That was like just how they got permission to make the show that is very much about uh, how did the rebellion form? What are the political forces behind it? What does, you know, how do we end up with fascism? A theme that, you know, is interesting to explore <laughs> every day. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I'll say about Andor. <laughs> I was I almost picked Nicholas Brittell's score for Andor also. Oh, it's a Always great comes back score, to the, isn't it? There Always you go. comes back to the scores. Yeah. You mean you're not going to pick the Vespa gang from the Book of Boba Fett? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm between that and Boba Fett. Those guys rule. I love them. I love them. High five, Monty. God forbid there be something colorful in this show, right? I freaking love them. Actually, like my favorite. I don't go to Tatooine for the color. I go there for the sand. Look, Monty is uh, in the pocket of Big Vespa. We know it. We all know it. Oh my God! Are you kidding? The Book of Boba Fett was so magnificently bonkers. It wasn't in my top three, but I love how it's basically this dude comes out of a sarlacc with a lifelong love for animals and a new teen gang. It's just a great. Let's let's all be clear. We accidentally got Boba Fett in our show about the Vespa gang. That yes. Was the <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the show right. we wanted. Just mm. as Tony described Andor, it's the it's look, Boba Fett's in it because that's the pitch that got them to make the show, right? Yeah. But they're all along the Vespa gang. Yeah, yeah that's the, what it was really the Vespa all about. gang and that one cool Wookiee. That's all I want. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Let us continue to talk about other things that are not the thing I picked. Not Andor, <laughs> which is the show you should watch. All right, Tony. What's next? <laughs> all right. Uh, I looked back on all the movies I watched this year, and I don't know. I think I may- did not make the best choices uh, for movies this year because uh, there was a lot. I mean, I think I watched some good movies, but they were not movies that came out in 2022. Uh, they were good movies left over from 2021 that I finally got to. So I don't know. I guess I'm behind, but I looked through my list, and uh, a movie that I watched uh, quite a while ago but has really stuck with me uh, more than several movies that I watched recently that I had forgotten about. Uh, I think my favorite movie of 2022 by by a pretty good uh stretch there is Pixar's Turning Red uh which mm, you know yeah, Pixar yeah. you know yeah. it's not like they they tend to to flub things uh but that was just delightful in a lot of very kind of specific ways in terms of uh life in Canada uh life for a young girl uh and 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 uh many other things there's there's a whole incomparable episode just about uh Turning Red there's also a very delightful uh making of uh documentary uh, about the process in terms of how they like had to switch to doing things during COVID and, and what it was like for for a project that was led by many women and and you know it I don't know I I loved it I mean I think there's there's not really a Pixar movie at least not recently that I dislike but that one kind of just just stuck with me in a way that perhaps not all of them have so Turning Red uh, my controversial pick for Tony's movie of the year 2022. Uh, and then the last one, uh, uh, I wanted to pick a video game. I feel like I've been playing a little bit more video games than perhaps I usually do. I've been going back and forth between my, my Xbox and my switch and a game I was very excited, uh, for, uh, it was uh, also, it felt like a game that was announced and then actually came out in pretty, uh, close proximity as opposed to usually games are like, uh, you know, teased for years and years was return to monkey Island. Uh, this is a point and click adventure game uh return to monkey island is 
kind of a sequel to uh, Monkey Island 2, uh, The Curse of LeChuck, which is a game that came out in 1991. <laughs> um, so Ron Gilbert made Monkey, the, uh, the Secret of Monkey Island in 1990, and then uh, LeChuck's Curse in 1991, and then went off and did other things for, I guess, like... <laughs> you know, like 30 years and other people made monkey Island games. Some of which were okay received and some of which were not well received. And he decided he wanted to go back and make a a monkey Island game that kind of attempted to incorporate all of the canon, but also be his ending to the series. And he made uh, return to monkey Island, which is just a really fun. It has a lovely visual style to it. It's a kind of a, uh, uh, in between cell shaded and kind of cut out of paper look to the characters, uh, very stylized, uh, lovely puzzles, kind of a new interface that makes uh, puzzles uh, a little bit easier versus the kind of a lot of uh, point and click adventure games uh, fall into the like, you know, f- find the pixel on the screen, uh, use everything with everything kind of uh, mode, but uh, a lovely adventure game and potentially even I think one that uh, people could check out. It's available for lots of systems um, so you could play it on your computer or on a Switch and, or on an Xbox uh and it's you know it's the story of guyber streepwood a uh kind of i mean this this sounds unkind but hapless loser who wants to be the greatest pirate ever and must solve puzzles uh, along the way to get there and uh is uh challenged by a I, i think he's a ghost pirate sometimes he's a zombie pirate sometimes he's a demon pirate depends where he is in the life cycle uh but an evil uh spooky pirate who is his his nemesis mm. so yeah return to monkey island uh if steven steve was here steve and i would talk about it but he's not the end thank you for talking about video game history though because it's a a little shout out to steve lutz it's good it's available on xbox game pass i believe oh yes it is xbox and game pass you could be playing it right now it's right there right now i mean that would be rude if you're doing it while you're podcasting it's not so bad gene mcdonald it is your turn for three things you loved from 2022 Uh, i'm excited and uh i Yes, this is this has been fun because because it's not a draft, yet not a draft. we are um, uh, all picking cool things that other people. Well, some people are getting not sniped, but whatever. I um, mm-hmm. I had a couple of things that uh, I've haven't had a chance to talk about on any of our podcasts in 2022 that I really loved, and I'm going to start with one TV show, uh, British series uh and that's dog leash um which is a um series based on the pd james novels from the 70s and it's uh it's just a fantastic detective series so i do love my detective series and i know that my uh, my taste is good but it's also very <laughs> It's broad, and I will watch a lot of stuff that isn't the best. Dalglish is the best. It's so well made, and um, the settings are just beautiful. The costuming for the seventies, the uh, the the lead actor who's playing the uh, um, detective chief inspector Adam Dalglish, who is just an iconic character from British mystery novels and and a and an odd one to do because besides being a detective he's also a poet he is very um not he's not the what we you know generally see in this genre the the hard uh drinking or else sobered up lost his whole family i mean he did but that's a difference for different reasons and very sad so he's a he's a really 
really interesting character. And the actor, I had not seen him in anything before, but Bertie Carvel is his name. And um, just, and the sideburns. I mean, just, he, he can do the sideburns and the three-piece suit from the 70s and the 70s Jaguar that he drives. He, he just, but he's not cool. He's cool. Like, he, he just, he doesn't <laughs> run around you know, being showing off or talking. In fact, one review I read of it said, like, he speaks as as little as humanly possible <laughs> for the lead um, in the series. So I highly recommend it if you like detective, um, if you like your detectives, your British detectives, and if you like the 70s. Um, they, they were just gripping, um, and I, I, I would definitely recommend them. Uh, they are on Acorn. And I've been yeah, I was trying to them. figure out why have I not heard of this? And I looked it up and it's a Channel 5 production, which oh, is like, that's yeah. the Isle of Man and yeah. the Channel Islands and stuff. <laughs> Acorn, Acorn TV in the US. Yeah. Acorn but it, TV. It is very good. Yeah, yeah. I wondered if you'd seen it. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I was looking forward to it because I really devoured those novels when I discovered them. Um, and uh, just, and P.D. James, of course, is... is the or was you know just the the uh, grand dame of a British mystery writing for that era. Uh, so Dog Leash, that's my top one, um, and then I'm going to go to the '70s again for a movie, um, which was just also eye candy for me, having grown up in the '70s, and that is Licorice Pizza. Um, I just. I I just it was so uncanny how it captured so much from that era even though I did not grow up in Calif- southern California, you know, adjacent to the entertainment business and there's a lot of you know that sort of story built into to Licorice Pizza and the the characters um that the I mean the actors the <laughs> were amazing. I didn't I was just watching it. I kind of went in cold. I didn't really know other than it was um, a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Right. And uh, I said those three names. Um, He, uh, I didn't know that Cooper Hoffman was Philip Seymour Hoffman's son until, you know, later watching, reading uh, up on it after I'd watched it. And, he was just, it was hard to take my eyes off of him. He just was masterful in this role of the, the teenager, uh, you know, who, who can behave like an adult, but is still a teenager at heart. And then Alana Haim, who I also didn't know anything about her. And wow, I saw her on, on Stephen Colbert and I thought, wow, just what a cool person I can't wait to see what else she does so those were newcomers but then a lot of oldsters like Sean Penn and Tom Waits just made it fun to watch and when there's a um, one like celebrity character which is John Peters um, who he was so famous back then as the hairdresser to the stars and Barbara Streisand's boyfriend and I I just saw him and I said oh my god this is John Peters now I had no idea it was Bradley Cooper I got I came out of it and I'm like 
oh, that was Bradley Cooper. I didn't see it at all. So anyway, there were so many little delights in that that movie that um, I, you know, I just, I, I haven't talked about it. I haven't had a chance to talk about it that much this year. And it's been a while since I saw it. And I, I But yes, something that really delighted me this year. And then uh, I was thinking about what Dan said uh, about the number of plays, you know, looking at how many times you've listened to something in your Apple Music library is one way to go and find your picks for this show. And I really would be remiss if I didn't, for my third pick, choose, um, just based on the number of times I've seen it, everything, everywhere, all at once, um, directed by the Daniels and just mind-blowing a mind-blowing film which we did get to do an episode which Moises so expertly hosted um for the incomparable that was that was great but I did um I have been taking film classes at our local film society and they decided to offer a four-week class on everything everywhere all at once where we watched it every week <laughs> we watched the whole thing every week every week every week everything everything, everything. <laughs> all at once everywhere class. not all at once <laughs> every week every over week. four and it, and the instructor they um had a structure for the class which was that week one we would focus on the narrative and week two we would focus on the soundtrack and so forth. So we we really, um, you know, broke it down. But each week, I kept thinking, okay, this week, I'm really going to f- notice the thing that I somehow missed last week. But every time the film would spin up, I'd be transported and not really able to watch it coldly. It, it's so warm. That film is so beautifully warm and, and just so full of heart. And the class was a really interesting mix of people, you know, age groups and and uh, interests. And, you know, we, when we introduce ourselves, we talk about our favorite film from the last year. And I was the only one who picked Dune. But, uh, you know, people had um, really wildly different interests. And yet this film, because it has such a such a heart, I think it just brings people together and it's a very positive film. So I really, really, you know, it's just, it was worth watching five times uh, because I did watch it once before the class started. And um, I'm sure a lot of people listening or in this group have seen it once or even twice. And I will say it does hold up for multiple viewings. And uh, so those are my picks. Thank you. Very nice. I like it. You, you, all this is good. It's not a draft because you just snuck in everything everywhere all, all at once. <laughs> this late in the process is kind of amazing, yeah. but it's not a draft. I know. Moises went first, and I, I was, yeah, he picked soccer yeah, instead. He picked soccer. He picked every soccer. a whole sport. All I, at choose, once. I choose a sport and turn off all of the audience simultaneously. <laughs> um, thank you, Gene. Cicero, what do you have for us? Oh, man. Uh, I was hoping you wouldn't come to me until later. Uh, this is not a draft. <laughs> uh, this is not a draft. So, uh, man, um, 
Jason, I will allow you to snipe me later. Okay. Oh, so, I like this. So, um, Shelly, I had I had everything all set up, and then Shelly decided to talk about music, and then it made me think about one of my favorite things uh, in music. And Dan talked about his Spotify playlist, and the most played thing on my playlist on Spotify uh, is the first thing that I'm going to mention, which is uh, part of popular culture, but probably not something that we talk about here on The Uncomparable a lot, and that is hip-hop music. Um, And I am going to talk about a specific hip-hop group that released an album this year, their debut album, as it were. Um, This is a quite a remarkable group. I am a hip-hop fan from the birthplace of hip-hop at the time that hip-hop was created. I was born. Um, So I am, you know, I I thumb my nose up at at the hip-hop scene that is uh, of today, and I don't think that um, a lot of the music that is being made today is really music um you know obviously the, <laughs> the kids love it these kids, kids today get off my lawn. right get off my get, their hips get off their my hops. stoop right get off my stoop um but but the you know the thing that i love about uh this particular group is the fact that they are a group in a time when everyone is a solo act um but also that they come together and present different forms of of this art form and really take the art form and try and elevate it and and uh, pay homage to what had come before it and and really try to recreate it in in, in new and exciting ways um, and I I'm very excited about their story and I'm very excited about who they are and that is the group Coast Contra with their album Apartment 505 uh, if you are an incomparable listener who also enjoys hip-hop and enjoys lyricism uh please 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 go out and uh take a stream or uh seven or eight replays of coast contra's debut album apartment 505 these guys um are uh from one guy is from columbia Another guy is from uh, not the university, but the country. Um, another person is <laughs> is is from Philadelphia, and and there are a set of twins who are um, second generation hip hop artists. Their dad was Raskas, and uh, they are all in a group that met together in L.A. working at a Mexican restaurant, washing dishes, and they all decided to live together. In an, in a one room apartment that was called uh, apartment number five hundred five, and uh, they have released an album, and it is it is Chef's Kiss. It is a beautiful, beautiful piece of uh, hip hop art, and uh, more people need to listen to them and know about them. So there you go. Number one, Coast Contra. Uh, number two. Uh, Jason, I know that you, like me, love Star Trek. It's true. Um, uh, Jason, I know that you, like me, love uh, shows that happen to be airing on Apple TV+. Plus. Also true. Um, so, Jason, I'm going to um, relieve you of the stress of those things by um, taking all of Apple TV+. Plus. 
Um, <laughs> that is what I discovered. Right. Uh, that is what okay. I discovered in 2022. I uh, really wasn't. Um, you know, I, I had Apple TV Plus. 20, 2022 was the year that you went really hard on Emily Dickinson. Right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, I, um, I had Apple TV Plus and, and watched it for Ted Lasso last year, and it was great. Um, but 2022 was, was when I remembered, like, oh, yeah, I had seen trailers for other shows on Apple TV Plus, and uh, they seemed pretty good. And then my partner was watching a morning show, um, and... Then, uh, then I discovered Severance, um, and then I discovered uh, For All Mankind, um, and and Mythic Quest, and you know, there's yeah. just there's just so many. Like Apple TV Plus is in it is in that spot where streaming services come along, they just find their niche and they just can't miss. That's where Apple TV Plus is right now. That's where they have been. Uh, this is this is where they were in 2022, I believe. Um, and there is just so much great content there. So if you uh, have a subscription to Apple TV Plus and you went there because of a specific show, please stay. The rest of it is all great. Um, you know, uh, an, another show that that is on Apple TV Plus that that no one seems to talk about is Acapulco. Um, which is a a sitcom comedy period piece uh, about a uh, it's uh, I forget the actor's name, but he was in How to Be a Latin Lover. Um, he was the main actor in that, and he is telling a kind of a Wonder Years type story to his his grandson about what he oh no to his nephew about what he was like as a cabana boy in a club in Acapulco and it's it's uh really really funny uh set in I think it's set in the 80s uh and, and one of the funniest parts is that the the house band plays uh 80s cover music in Spanish um so it's nice. yeah so it's like uh you know hearing uh oh oh mickey you're so fine in spanish <laughs> is is pretty pretty good um apple tv plus if you don't have it please get it if you do have it check out the rest of the shows besides the one show that you decide to get it for um so nice uh you're welcome jason uh, you know your dilemma is gone that, that really released my burden yes. of a whole bunch yeah. of shows that i was gonna absolutely to. absolutely not a draft not a draft um so uh my third thing uh like tony is going to be a video game um and this video game came out very late this year um but there are there's there's just something about it. Um, another thing that I actually kind of discovered this year was Rick and Morty. Um, I got got obviously got on the train very very late, but realized oh man I should have been on this train a long time ago because this is this is kind of made for me. And um, when I saw the trailer for this game, I said the same thing about this game. Uh, ironically enough, the game was created and is the brainchild of Justin Roiland of uh, Rick and Morty fame, and that is High on Life. Um, this game is a first-person shooter that is about a human 
who gets transported into space to try and save humans from being um, consumed as the latest alien drug. Um, and he is a bounty hunter with a a um, a weapon or with several weapons that talk to you and react to the different things that you're doing. Um, the game is raunchy. It is irreverent. It is crude. It is blue and it is glorious. It, it's it's colorful. It is um, inventive. It's imaginative. Um, it's disgusting. Uh, but it is hysterically funny if you like Rick and Morty if if that type of humor is something that you've enjoyed um, uh, if you don't mind uh, scatological humor in 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 the terms of, in terms of uh, blue blue talk then please please give this game a play if you've got game pass uh, it is available on game pass but it is also available on PC. Man, what a fun game that is. High, high on life. My game of the year. I get I get the title now. There you go. I understand it. Very nice. Uh, full credit to Dan also picked a video game. Yes. So it's not just... A lot of people upholding and the Chip Steve Lutz. picked a, an entire video gaming system. That is true. Mm. <laughs> that is true, too. Okay. Yeah, I right, am fast. I contain Chip. multitudes. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, Cicero. Lisa... It is down to you now. Oh my what do you gosh, have for what do I have for you? So I actually have two things no one has suggested yet. And one that Chip mentioned that I wanted to talk about as well, which was the exquisite pleasure of watching the Sandman series on Netflix. I have long contended it would have made a terrible movie, but a fantastic HBO series. I am glad, however, that Netflix has let the creative team do what they will with it. I joined Chip in saying the casting is perfect. And what I really liked, I went back and reread the series, so, of course, so that I could compare and contrast how it uh, changed and was updated in the 30 years since uh, Neil Gaiman had begun writing it. And I really love all of the little tweaks they've made to acknowledge that the world actually is substantially different in a lot of ways since Gaiman first wrote the series, but it stays true to all of the really big themes. It stays true to all the thematic beats. Uh, I thought, uh, we talked about the casting. I also want to give a shout out. David Thewlis is fantastic. Just just this, this slimy, unctuous, terrible, pitiable <laughs> villain. And I loved it. And it was one of my favorite things to watch this past summer. Uh, Mark Hamill, oh my gosh, there's so much you could say about it. And like I said, this was the year where um, DC, DC Black Label, as they're now called, did release a 30th, um, 30th anniversary, God help us, um, edition of all the trades. So I got those, went back and read the Sandman's 30th anniversary edition along with it and it's taken up a surprising amount of my brain space just you know revisiting these comics seeing what has persisted what has actually gone on to shape a whole lot of different uh, narrative comic books since and how we've seen a lot of the sensibilities that Gaiman brought into comics echo out across fantasy beyond comics over the last 30 years too. So it's, it was just really rewarding in a sort of, um, oh, well, look, they've remixed it, they've amplified it, they've made it better. 
And on that theme, I love the peripheral on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get the feeling from poking around in different online fora that it had somewhat of a mixed reception. But I think that what they, what the people who'd made the show got right, they got very, very right. Gib- um, William Gibson has always been, you can tell that he used to work as a clothes picker and haunt thrift shops and resell clothes because his, his, um, books always have really detailed descriptions of people's outfits and the clothes that they wear and how they look are shorthand for what their traits are going to be like this this has been true through all of his series and the costuming for the peripheral is brilliant um it's set in a near future and it's just near futureish enough where you can kind of see how we get from here to there in terms of the costuming and then when you finally jump into the london of the future it looks beautiful and plausible it's just incredibly beautiful and as somebody who you know again went back and reread the book in preparation for watching the series i think they also the people who made the show also did a great job of saying okay this is what tv does really well so this is what we're going to lean into and the jackpot which has now you know lent its name to the trilogy in print it's really easy to kind of reduce it to an abstraction and to note that the characters talk around it very carefully and although there's some sort of horror around it it's almost like it's too big to comprehend but then when you see the jackpot memorial in one of the episodes and the horrible cascade of things that just keep happening and the aesthetic choices made and how they memorialize the things that just keep happening it's a really affecting few minutes of television, just affecting and horrifying. And it's something that you wouldn't get from reading the book. And that was one of the reasons I think that the peripheral did so well is because there's stuff that feels special and bigger than the book. And that to me, that's one of the strengths of an adaptation is going, okay, we're in this medium. We can do this stuff let's take advantage of the tools at our disposal. And I think the peripheral did a really good job. I have some quibbles with it because I can't ever shut off that part of my brain, but I'm super psyched to see what they do with this and where they take it from here. And um, I'm curious to see where they go, especially since the plot and the resolutions have diverged enough from the books where you really could spin it out to something that exists on its own where it's just oh it's loosely inspired by but i I was jazzed about it and um it's been a while since i've been that you know oh my gosh i can't wait to see what they do about (laughs) about some sort of source material that was very that that's very dear to me um and finally um this is going to make me sound extremely nerdy. I'm picking a book. Um, no video games. Um, a I'm going to resist. Book? I'm going to resist the James Webb Telescope and Nerd. and the pictures of the universe, which would make me the biggest Ooh, of the. Yeah. Um, but I want to recommend Sea of Tranquility, which is Emily St. John Mandel's um, most recent novel. It came out this past spring, and although there's a couple Easter eggs in there for people who had read her novel, um, The Glass Hotel, I think it's called. Uh, this one is um, a little bit of a time travel caper and a little bit of a metaphysical comedy. And when I was reading it, it kind of has like a faint after like a, a faint echo of, of Ted Chiang's work and themes going all the way through it. And I found myself tremendously moved by the ending. It was the kind and and once I finished reading it, like I just had to sit there for a minute and be like, 
Huh. Oh, wow. She she really did pull that off. That's that's astonishing. Um, and it was it was really nice to be surprised again um, by that. And I realized that she doesn't really count for, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just marketing or the way she writes about her process, the way she writes and in, in interviews about her work or what. Um, she really is a sci-fi writer. And, um, but th this tends to get presented as, as more like mainstream literature. And I guess the time travel is supposed to be whimsy, but, but what you end up with instead is just this very elegant meditation on, um, the time traveler's paradox and how, if you're living in a world where the time traveler's paradox actually never affects anything, are you really living in that world or is it a simulation? And if it's a simulation, can you be okay with that? And it was really fun watching her walk the characters through asking and answering those questions. So if you liked um, Station Eleven or uh, The Glass Hotel, you'll definitely like this. If you're like, these sound a little bit weird, I I'd recommend them. Like I said, there's a little bit of Ted Chang kind of gently floating around in, in terms of the sensibility and... Um, You'll find a character that you like in there because there's so many. <laughs> so it's it's a great weekend read. You know, get the beverage of your choice, sit down, read it, and then think of, think a few big thoughts. <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, really quickly, my choices. Um, I, for, you know, hashtag content reasons, have to construct various favorites of the year stories. I already have done that. So I'll just say my favorite book of the year, I've decided is a novella by Adrian Tchaikovsky called Elder Race. Mm. Really great. Not very long. It's a novella. Uh, it is a story. It is telling the same story at the same time from two perspectives, one of whom sees it as a high fantasy story and one of whom sees it as a science fiction story but it's the same story. Uh, hmm. And so with every chapter, you shift perspectives from science fiction to fantasy, but it's the same story happening at the same time. It's great. It's amazing. It's just a, a, a and a very emotional, and it, it's about a lot of things, including the mental health of the protagonist. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the setting is really great, and the, the, the world building that he does in terms of like the backstory of why these characters are, are where they are. I loved it. I can't say enough good things about it. Adrian Tchaikovsky, one of our best uh, writers, here, here. best science fiction writers out there. Yep. And this one, mm, and fantasy. <laughs> yeah, and That's and right. fantasy exactly. In terms of TV, with Cicero having chosen Apple TV Plus, I mean, technically that frees me up. It's not a draft at all. I was going to mention uh, Severance, but he already mentioned Severance. I think Severance was maybe my favorite TV show yeah. of the year, although Andor was right there with it. But uh, for the purposes of this, I'm going to say Star Trek Strange New Worlds because yeah. uh, Cicero knew Ooh. I was going to pick it and he left it for me. Um, Teamwork. Star Trek was fu fun. It's just fun, right? Like, like After exploring on Paramount+, Plus, exploring the idea of what a modern Star Trek series might look like with Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard, they decided, what if we made a Star Trek that feels like classic Star Trek, like original series Star Trek? And they also, let's be honest, th those were good decisions, but then casting Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike. The best decision. The best decision. Right. <laughs> yep. If they'd yep. done it in the first place, the pilot might have worked. <laughs> 
Yeah, the rest of the cast is is good, but he is great. And also, yes, I really am delighted by the fact that the, it is it is technically the longest gap between pilot and series order of all time, <laughs> since it's literally following up on the original Star Trek pilot. Years. Yeah, I mean, not not bad. Almost sixty years. If, if I hadn't picked um, corrections, uh, that was my next choice was Strange New Worlds because that gave me more joy. Which is yeah, pure it's not joy. A, it's not a draft. It was yeah. uh, my my list too, and I just want to give a shout out to the Frisky Vulcans because that was <laughs> a surprise and delight, and then and, a title ep- episode title this year. <laughs> and also, just the idea with Strange New Worlds that you can do a show that is um, not serialized heavily plot wise and have your this is the episode where this happens and this is the episode where this happens and the tone can vary which is one of the great things about Star Trek is it can tell it can be in it's not necessarily a genre machine like Doctor Who but it is kind of like that where you can have your comedy episode and your and your very serious social commentary episode and like you can you can have them and and yet you also have the emotional through lines of the characters where it isn't like when you know Captain Kirk fell in love and the next week he was fine again because there was a reset <laughs> being pressed <laughs> right like he's right like he's he's he fell in love with that android lady really fast and then by the end of the episode she was dead and then the next episode it was like it never happened so anyway in this one they have they're like humans they have feelings uh it's a great mixture is my point is that you can serialize the characters who are going from episode to episode without having to have your whole plot take place over 10 or or 12 or 15 episodes. Um, and that's a good combination. They And they brought joy to it. It's just the perfect joy. And finally, even though, um, so I, I had Turning Red on my movies list. So thank you to Tony for choosing You're that. Welcome. Uh, I'm glad Moises mentioned Real Genius in 4K. Cause <laughs> like, I'm boy, pretty that, sure that came out a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty good. Yeah, but I watched the 4K restoration. Okay. Yeah, the, the restoration is brand new. Actually, my favorite movie of the year, and this is a little weird, and and it is an Apple TV film, so Cicero sort of is uh is is connected here, um, I, and it's a little out of left field, but I got to say, it was the movie I loved the most in 2022. It's a uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, starring Denzel Washington. Yes. It it's is so good. a spectacularly good Shakespeare adaptation, and. And has great performances in it. Francis McDormand, Demor- Francis McDormand, Denzel Washington. Yes, uh, it's it's Joel Cohen, mm-hmm. right, right, right. One of the yes. Cohen brothers directed it, and that's what I wanted to say about it. Is it's not just a good adaptation, and it doesn't just have good performances. I want to say visually, it is beautifully shot. It's a black and white movie. Um, it's, I think it's in four by three. Um, it, it's, it's very, it's got a very particular look and it's gorgeous. It is a beautiful film to watch. And so it, it hit, it hit on all levels for me. It's, it's good performances, great filmmaking. And of course, you know, the Shakespeare guy, he might be okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The tragedy of Macbeth. Easily it's really one good. Of the five best Shakespeare films I've ever seen. And I've seen yeah, it's, too it's, many of them. There, there is a, there is a, there's a sterling candidate for the return of Shakespeare Club. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It, Let's that, do actually, it. you're right. So good. So good. All right. That brings us to the end of the uh, favorites. 
Uh, I do have a couple of clips sent in by listeners. We're not going to do like the montage of a million clips this time, but a few <laughs> people sent in some clips that I picked. Do we talk to the clips or do we just listen to the clips? Because that's actually <laughs> well, you're not supposed to talk to the clips, Tony. <laughs> that's my job. Sure? Come on. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to define rules of engagement. They can't hear you. Are you sure? I can't. What? <laughs> David has clenched. Clips can get off my lawn. Skeletor, is that I, you? I, I, I sent Jason a, a couple of things because uh, one of the things that um, that blossomed into an entirely year-long project uh, has been going through the entire Incomparable Archive and trimming out ads. And We uh, saved this stuff? Oh, boy. Oh, boy, do we. <laughs> None of us can run for yeah. office um, now. And, no. Uh, no. And, and after the human sanity. Okay, good. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, that was I mean, long... I love that there's listeners who are like, this is now a cherished holiday tradition. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've made a holiday special, a, a horrible, horrible holiday special. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, because this is something that I did this year, um, I, I found some things that as we have gotten used to hearing a particular clip loop, in edited into various forms. There are things from the early episodes that get missed and even specifically episodes 58 and 59. Um, so to, to try to dispel the possibility of the accursed uh, clip uh, from, from entering uh, Jason, th- there is something nobody, no one wants to hear. Right. Right. I declare this draft over and it was a lot of fun and ridiculous and that's pretty much what I expected going in so it worked out. I, however, I did not expect Skeletor so there. Nobody expects Skeletor. Nobody expects Skeletor. You're right. I haven't heard that clip in ages. That's hilarious. I, I mean, there, there's there's that uh, and uh, the, the other thing that I think I think we can do to potentially ward off the accursed clip uh, coming is is just deciding what we're let's let's not do certain things and and we don't we don't have to do them just because well, the listeners doing certain us for things them. though oh. I <laughs> like not this clip. doing certain things counterpoint let's let's hear what the clip has to say and don't talk back to the clip because it can't hear you hey what are you guys you guys are all kibitzing on my list let me talk about Skeletor for a second <laughs> no let's not Best talk about Skeletor in the draft. let's not talk about Skeletor <laughs> Steve from, Lutz. From, the, from the mouth of Steve Lutz himself <laughs> From the, from the mouth of Steve Lutz himself, and, and Steve, who I'm I'm sad is not here. Uh, I don't I don't want anybody to to think he's unloved just because he he's not here. Um, uh, it, it, in the choosing of this draft, some of Steve's side commentary uh, is to me radically more entertaining than than uh, the clip loop that we've all heard seventeen times now. So uh, so looking down my list here, I've realized that uh, the only characters I've ever liked in television ever have been the uh, the unloved second bananas. <laughs> I, I, f- I feel like wow, okay. that's perfect. I feel like I feel like we're all kind of the unloved second bananas to the Steve Lutz uh, <laughs> of uh, of the end of your show. Um, and uh, Dan Morin, uh, who who mysteriously can't talk back to this, probably for uh, space time paradox no. reasons. He's here. He just can't. He, talk he, he just can't. He, yeah, uh, Dan. Dan is so well known for not expecting something. Um, <laughs> I, he he also contributed some of the most canny commentary about Skeletor and uh, and Skeletor's place in fiction. I mean, Skeletor has an arc. Skeletor is not evil. <laughs> He's just jealous. So. 
<laughs> See? There you go. It's John Syracuse, there, too. John's, you can confuse them. Their voices are exactly the same, by the way. Now, uh, now the, 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 yeah, the yeah. fun of this draft is not just the Cosby Show references that no longer play very well. Um, <laughs> but, but in the follow-up episode which is never excerpted in the, in, in the clip rule. Um, uh, Jason debuts a character. Uh, ah, yes. Jason. I know it's one of your favorites. Jason debuts. I, I would say my favorite character. He evolves. Like you don't hear the voice. The vo- it, It's kind of like Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson starts out, sounds totally different and then uh, adopts the classic sound that we're used to. But I mean, just uh, it, it, it's hard to believe that before episode 59, this character did not exist. So, so as a network executive, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm a network executive. With those, there. With those simple Imagine, words, Jason, if you will, Jason created. I would say I conjured a character, the most beloved yeah. character in incomparable Your favorite history. character of all time. Yeah. So there we go. The we've, network we've, executive, and he he occasionally shows yep. up on Magnum Podcast. Yeah, I know. Occasionally, yeah. As I, it's it's that it's that. Uh, uh, you know, oh, pitch it to me. Pitch it's, it to me. I want. I'm interested. I'm interested in what you have to say. It was subtle. That guy. It was a little bit yeah. of the role playing we did before we got dice involved in anything. You know? Exactly. <laughs> this is before I played D and D. This is all I could do is pretend to be a television. Yeah, I was worried executive. it was going to be the old prospector. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, no, the no. only Jason what? character I'm familiar with. So I was sure no. it was going to be the old prospector. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm. What about ju- Robot Cowboy? I'm trying to. I'm trying to ward off that horrible clip loop that nobody needs to hear again. <laughs> Gotta get my cardboard oil. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to leave that open. Uh, close uh, that loop. Impressions. <laughs> something, something that is actually from last year um, that that uh, occurred on the game show reminded me that there was really there was a dearth of a very crucial, incomparable resource on the mothership last year, and that is a, a lack of Muppets. Um, mm. we, we had, we had su- such wonderful mm. Muppety stuff that happened the year before. Um, but thanks to Tony's lovely new game show, Mind Meld, the Muppets came back and Jason, Jason started us, uh, on, uh, and, and I mean, this is, a, this is a spoiler for one of the best game shows of last year. So pause this and go listen to uh, game show 198. If you haven't listened to it yet, um, eh, or not, uh, <laughs> Muppets come back. <laughs> Jason, name a Muppet. Left Snouth. <laughs> Thank you. The, in- the intensity. It's it's amazing. It's everything. Thank you for replenishing yeah. the Muppet Strategic Reserve. But but honestly, it it, it the, the the way that it progressed was something of a reference to that entire Muppet draft when oh, yeah. th- things went along. They went along, and then Jason came back in. Jason, the agent of chaos, well known agent of chaos. Jason. 80s robot. <laughs> May answer. Google that one later. Erica. Skeeter. Chip. Cookie monster. Right. Snuffle off, I guess. Annette. The Count. Jason. Super Grover. Erica. Walter. Chip. <laughs> Bravo. And Erica, Erica brought it back You're to welcome. Walter, everybody's favorite Muppet. <laughs> Um, I'm so sorry to everyone. No, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that Walter's getting the proper respect that he deserves <laughs> for being horrible. Mm, uh, all right, I have uh, very few clips here, but these these are good. This one came in, I believe, sent in by panelist Brian. Mm. Uh, oh. But Brian Hamilton, uh, in this episode of the game show, made us all 
instantly with like one phrase that he dashed off, not even thinking it was anything made us all turn into dust and blow away. (laughs) And it went something like this. We are experiencing a shortage of spicy chips, which has made my child very, very sad. They, they like the spice, don't they? Oh my gosh. So much. Have y'all hopped on the flyby Jing train with the uh, chili crisp? I don't know. Sometimes Brian says words and I was like, I don't know. I've been yeah. flopping. I've been flopping on the uh, hummingbird. Yeah. Doing the little, uh, little yeah. coin flip. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I too am dancing the robot fellow young. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fly by Jing is a very trendy chili crisp that everyone in my life is falling in love with. Sure it is. Included. Sure it is. Sure it's it is. in our mind meld Slack channel. Listeners, back me up, please. You listen yeah, to the bootleg. If you could, like if you could people, the tell the old people type cool. that. Yeah. So I can I search just, for it to get it for my child. I was tri- tripping on some wheat thins the other day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For real, real. Yeah. Hopping on the flyby Jing train. <laughs> it hurt me. I was there, and it and it, it made me feel older. Still, all, all the people. Yeah, I don't want to hear this All again. the people I, on that episode really—they've definitely all done drugs because they sound like they—they've they've done cool. all the crazy stuff. Ooh, I, I just want to oh, say yeah. that made me feel young. I've been on the flyby Jing train since 2020. <laughs> Here's a jar of it in my fridge right now. Why is David looks and, to the and you know shelf you got right it. next you, to him? There are jars. You probably got it from Jungle no, Jim. I got it at Whole Foods. <laughs> Whole Foods. <laughs> One day, fly by Jing. I, so I'm going to see it, and I'm just going to laugh and laugh and laugh. See, I will have forgotten it again. Are they then. are they a secret sponsor? They don't. Yeah, know I, I seriously have uh, loads of their products in my in my cupboard. Yeah, I just it, bless 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 young yeah. Brian Hamilton for thinking we would know what he meant. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. best. <laughs> I'm afraid to talk because I don't want to be talking to a clip, but I. This is an actual conversation. It's not a clip right now. Yep. Okay. No, this, this is this is, is right now. Not a dram. Needs a red not light a to let you know when clips are happening. This is now is is a thing I record at the end of every clip to confuse people. Yeah. <laughs> it's wise to be afraid, Gene. Just yeah. I mean, no. in general, really. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to talk to a clip. That, that would be embarrassing. You could never live it no, down. No, no, yeah. nope. never, never live that down. Especially not next year when it came back to haunt you. <laughs> I have a couple more clips that I swear I didn't send them in. People sent them in who are not me. Mm. Uh, this is from <laughs> listener Stuart. Very convincing. And oh, it goes something Stuart. like Stuart this. Wellington? Stuart. Did somebody mention whales? Way down deep in the lava cave, a fire giant had a very close shave. The Nothic gave a query, creepy wave. Let's kill these guys and go. Egglass, angels have come to kill cultists and drink their rum. When all the killing is done, we'll take their stuff and go. That's all I got. Yay! Yay. You, said, wait, you mentioned whales. Uh, you remember when sea shanties were a thing for about two minutes? Well, we recorded that right then. Yes, yes we did. And yeah, and that was in the post-show banter, but I was like, that must be an Easter egg. We can't we can't let that not go out on the main feed. It's very important. I, for TPK Jason, how long did it take you to learn that? Well, I was, uh, I mean, I was going to say in between turns of our very slow moving <laughs> D&D game with a very large party. So I wrote three to seven hours. A, a whole <laughs> sea shanty based on our antics. So there you go. Yeah. And this was sent in by listener Adam. Um, 
in which in, in which Philip Michaels starts me and David <laughs> on a comedy riff for the Magnum oh. podcast at which point he can't stop us. Oh. She she is a comedian. Uh she gets the she got the 815 spot cuz she makes Lila the manager of the club laugh apparently and she does her uh she does her comedy routine uh intercut with the two kids getting horribly murdered yeah. in machine and, guns. And yeah. so so it's talk she's talking about a scary movie and we get the intercut with the silent you don't get to hear the the gunshots no. or any of that stuff. In in this weird homage to The Godfather, as far as I can tell, yeah. except with stand-up <laughs> comedy instead of opera. Yep. And just... On, the, on this day, Carrot Top settles all his favorite yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You go to the novelty mattresses. Um, uh-huh. pa- Paulie Shore sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> I, I, I would like Buddy. to... Buddy. Magnum here engages in the thing that I... You come here on the day of Joel Hodgson's <laughs> wedding to ask me for a favor? Someday, and this day may never come, I may ask of you a cream pie in the face. The thing I love hate about stand-up comedy in TV and movies. Take the prop comedy, leave the cannoli. Sorry, Phil, you're not going to get a word in. We're riffing. Did did he not sense we were riffing on what if there was comedy but The Godfather? I I guess I I thought we had introduced the segment. I thought he knew. I don't know what was going on there. Um, okay, so so normally we do uh, something involving Skeletor, but Steve's not here to do something involving Skeletor. However, I do have a little representation I'd like to play. A, a classic no. moment of Steve Lutz that I'd like to play just to honor Steve, and it goes a little something like this. For this, I'm going to go in the order provided by random.org. Oh, random.org. Random.org, we bring the random to you. That's their theme song. <laughs> just, Yay. I, just, I just like playing Steve so singing random.org. And he nails that note. Yes. Oh my yes. God. Drop that into he every show. There. So good. So good. And, uh, and then finally I have this one other clip. It's unlabeled. I'm just going to oh. play it and see what it is. Remember. No, 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 no. Uh, oh. It's a, it's a clip. Uh, it's not alive. Um, well, I'm going to go with one then that's uh, that's close to oh, my Steve's heart here. for various reasons, and uh, I know somebody's just raring to pick him, so I better grab him now. I'm going to pick uh, pick Skeletor from the no, do it, Universe <laughs> tune series. Sorry, I did not see that coming. Uh, should, he shouldn't be on the show with Tom Servo. Well, the beauty of Skeletor is that he can die every week and yet miraculously reappear from under the pile of rocks that he was buried under in well, subsequent weeks. So if Anthony tries to send Skeletor to the cornfield, what happens? He's back the next week. That's well, the tension of the show. No spoilers. No spoilers. All right. And see, I'll what people your, miss is that I'll he picked Anthony your, from the Twilight Zone to my plot, earlier which, in the draft. Uh, which uh, I look forward to uh, making up on the can tomorrow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> I hope nobody talked to the clip there. That's all. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it was tempting. It was so tempting. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hold myself back. But- but I would never live it down. So, but we no, no, no nope. That's it. it. It's it's New Year, new rules I, or right. something. I blame I blame myself for opening that that portal uh, through the space time mm. continuum. Oh. 
let me thank one last time. Let me thank my fine panelists who did wonderful work in 2022 on the mothership and many other podcasts too. Uh, so great to have you all on the podcast in this year. And so many of you filled in for me as I scaled back to 30 episodes in 2022. <laughs> I really appreciate that as well. Let me thank you all in turn. Moises Chuyan, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure to guest host the first episode of 2022 and the last episode of 2022. <laughs> and this year, I'm burning the whole thing down. Oh, Moises the bookends. That's what we call them. Oh, bookends. Bookends to everybody. He was a pitcher for the for the Blue Sox back in the 20s. Um, David J. Lore, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was it was a delight hosting episodes. I I totally get why you enjoy hosting a draft. It's it's such a good format. Oh my it really god. Is. It, really it makes you move forward. Who knew? Dan Morin, thank you again, as always. It was a delight, as always, Jason. I'm glad that I was able to appear on some episodes this year. Here's to 2023. <laughs> Eric Ensign, thank you. I, I feel, th thank you, Jason. Uh, I feel like I've been guilted into needing to host an episode or two <laughs> over 2023. So I feel like I have a goal. Oh. You don't have host to. Host a draft. Just, you, you were on so many Just host Maybe a draft. I can get people to talk about ghosts with me. Oh, Maybe. yeah. I'll do that. Maybe. There you that's go. a great idea. I thought I think that's on the agenda. I think you should I'll do, do, that. do that. All right. Monty Ashley. We're not going to schedule. By the way, <laughs> we could just schedule. I mean, everybody's here. We could just schedule our next five episodes, but we won't. We won't. Yes, we're going to leave that as hour a, at this. The, the listeners will, will just have to wait for those episodes to happen. Monty Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jason. I may or may not host an episode. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out later. <laughs> That's again. Teaser. We're gonna. We're gonna. It, Twenty-three. It's a mystery. Shelley Brisbane, who who went from not being on episodes of The Incomparable to being on ten in a year. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Here I am. I haven't hosted anything yet, despite the fact that there was a movie from nineteen thirty in the list of things we talked about on the Mothership. So uh, there's hope for me. There is. That's true. Give That's me true. the good old days. <laughs> when I went to yeah. Mars in black and white. Oh man, man, that funny Swede. <laughs> oh, boy. oh man, the comedy. Oh, oh the Swedes oh, in space. Let's Woo. let's get to that beer drinking number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Glenn Fleischman, thank you for being here. It's uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, and somehow somehow uh, we made it through 2022. So I appreciate recording this in 2023 to prove we did it. Thanks, Jason. Chip Sutter, thank you very much. Right, Snouth. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I did not see that coming. Tony Sindelar, thank you. Jason, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Here's to another year that will hopefully be a little bit better than this one. Bye. Gene <laughs> McDonald, thank you. Thank you, Jason, for making this podcast network. And uh, I, I, as we Poseidon and Buffs say... Um, there's got to be a morning after. <laughs> mm. oh Very nice. Reference acknowledged. Cicero Holmes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Jason. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, reference. Cal football player reference acknowledged, by the way. Well done. Well done. Lisa Schmeiser, thank you for being here. And thank you for having me. I've enjoyed this. And that brings us to the end, but it's really the beginning, the beginning of a new year of 2023 when we will uh, inhale new things into our brains, read more Wait, things what? diagonally. Open our faces. Uh, we'll get on the fly by Jing train. I think the train will have passed by the end of this year. 
It'll be another and, train. And nobody will see it coming. Um, like Skeletor, I guess. Anyway, thanks to all of you for being incomparable listeners. We appreciate it. You got to the end of this very long episode, but that's okay. We'll go back to normal episodes next time. Until then, goodbye and happy new year. Yatta. Yatta. And goodbye. <laughs>